Today I'm talking to Sam Estrada, the illustrator of The Chaste Heart of St. Joseph, a graphic novel. Sam, it's good to be talking to you today. Nice to meet you, Chris. So tell me, this is a rather unique topic for an artist today to want to work on. Talk to me about your walk with the Lord. Have you always been a practicing Catholic? Actually, um, that's a good question because I'm always practicing, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did grow up Catholic. Um, went through all the sacraments, but uh, I would say I was one of those who was uh, sacramentalized, but not so much catechized. Mm -hmm. But um, in order to really uh, hone in on my, my faith, I found a religious order. I was actually very attracted to the religious life. And mm -hmm. so right after high school, I actually joined a religious order. And um, I was actually in the religious order in formation for seven years. <laughs> And then for the last three years, I was uh, a missionary. So I got to travel around and preach the faith. And mm -hmm. um, I really just, I loved the life. I loved praying with mm -hmm. the brothers. I loved uh, attending mass every day and adoration. And I, I would say that my faith really uh, was revived during my time as a religious. Okay. Um, eventually I did get sick and I had to leave, mm -hmm. but you know, I discerned out, obviously, mm -hmm. but uh, I feel like the Lord really spoke to me during those years, and okay. I don't regret it, any of it, you know. All right. When did you start doing graphic design? Well, graphic design was always, I was always a sketcher. Mm -hmm. I was always uh, um, into American comics and superheroes growing up. Um, yeah, from an early age, since six, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I remember specifically there's a time where my mom approached me and she said, Sam, all of your superheroes are always angry yeah. and they're always, uh, you know, mean looking. Yeah. Are these really good guys? And it really made me think, you know, mm -hmm. who was I drawing and uh, what type of uh, uh, mood was I trying to convey? And eventually, um, after, you know, learning about my faith and mm -hmm. just the saints, I realized that there are real superheroes mm -hmm. in the world. And so slowly I started drawing, you know, you know, I had to gradually get up there. So I started drawing uh, archangels, yeah. garden angels who are so buff. They look like Superman, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and eventually I started drawing the saints who were more humble. Mother Mary, you know, conveying purity and humility. Mm -hmm. And um, slowly I, I learned more really on my own and got into graphic design, yep. um, digital illustrations and eventually animation. So that's kind of like my short okay. version of that. Yeah. All right. And you say American comics. Which were your favorites? Yeah. Oh, I would say Batman, okay. the Ninja Turtles. All right. Uh, and later on is Avatar, you know, Last Airbender. Mm -hmm. But I just, yeah, cool. mostly the art style that I followed. I didn't really follow too much of the story, mm -hmm. but I would constantly bring my sketch pad to a bookstore mm -hmm. instead of purchasing the comics i would just sit down where they had all the kids you know yeah um, with a little table and they could read books i would bring my sketch pad and i would literally watch or i would read all the mm -hmm. comics and i would uh, imitate all the the drawings okay and that's how i learned all right i mean and i gotta i gotta ask a bit i mean so many people these days are trying to figure out how do we help people come back to the faith or reach mm -hmm. a deeper practice of the faith so what was it for you that really kind of drew you to a renewed or deeper practice of your faith specifically? I would say 
studying the lives of the saints. Okay. Um, when I was a, a religious brother, there were so many books, mm -hmm. and I was just immersed in libraries of the lives of the saints. Mm -hmm. And um, I wouldn't say one specific saint reached out to me. Okay. It was really all of them, like from John Paul II to yeah. St. Teresa of Avila. And it was just so amazing how growing up, I wasn't told about these. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my biggest goals after I did discern out was to tell the story of the, especially the young saints, yeah. to the young children and mm -hmm. to the young adults who have not been exposed to it and to present it in a way that, you know, is more um, modern. So through cartoon styles or uh, through graphic novels. Okay. Yeah, I, I had something of a similar experience much younger of just, I had some of those kids' lives of the saints and reading those, it was kind of, this is what a human life is supposed to look like. Hmm. This makes sense. Because they're doing these incredible works of mercy and they're doing these incredible miracles and they're, you know, they're transcending kind of earth, but also grounded firmly. In it. And it was great. So I... I, I get what you're saying when you used to talk about the love of the lives of the saints. Um, but let's talk about kind of the, the greatest of the the ordinary saints, if you will. Our Lady is in her own category, of course, but mm -hmm. St. Joseph is the first among the saints, aside from Our Lady. How did you first come to love St. Joseph? Oh, totally. Uh, St. Joseph, um, well, like I said, I was uh, religious. And so uh, just like every religious congregation, we mm -hmm. prayed to St. Joseph for financial needs. <laughs> ah. And so, uh, you know, St. Joseph, please help us uh, pay the phone bill or mm -hmm. pay the, the mortgage type thing and uh, reach out to benefactors. But after I left the religious order, St. Joseph became more of not just a provider, but mm -hmm. a father and a friend. Mm -hmm. um, it came to a point where I really felt the Lord opening the door to married life for me mm -hmm. um, after just being single for two years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would pray to St. Joseph uh, to help me find the right spouse for mm -hmm. me to be a pure spouse, to be a, a pure single person first, and then to be a pure spouse. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, around that time was, you know, the, the launch of the Consecration St. Joseph book. Mm -hmm. And uh, interestingly, I actually met Father Calloway before um, working with him. You know, I, I met mm -hmm. him at a conference and I had just finished the Saint or the Our Lady of Fatima book. It was a graphic mm -hmm. novel. And uh, I just wanted to show my gratitude toward him for all of his, his work on the St. Joseph book. And, you know, the only gift I had was, you know, my, my graphic novel. I said, Father, here's a little gift. I just want to give it to you and, and thank you for your work. Mm -hmm. He's like, dude, let's collaborate. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Um, so I put my number in there and my name and everything. Um, but after uh, diving into the Consecration of St. Joseph, mm -hmm. I actually found my wife that way. Um, <laughs> once that, that book came out, I No, no, pause, go back. How did you find your <laughs> wife this way? Okay, so let's, let's go back. Um, so after praying to St. Joseph uh, to find the right spouse, mm -hmm. um, I actually tried a Catholic dating app. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure I could say it on here, uh, Catholic chemistry. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was really just uh, in a prayerful disposition saying, Lord, just uh, I'll put myself out there. You know, uh, I'll pray that uh, I can be the right person and the right person will come to me. And within 
I think the first month of just being on there, um, I started talking to this girl from Washington. Now I was in Alabama at the mm-hmm. time. This is Washington State. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember looking at her pro- profile and she liked music, loved her faith, was a catechist and was a teacher. And I was also a catechist and a teacher of my faith. And I thought, wow, there's so many uh, commonalities, so many things in common. Um, I might as well just start the conversation. Yeah. And uh, after talking you know, nonstop for about a week, I asked her, now, you don't have to agree, but would you like to pray the rosary every day? And she said, yes. I'm like, okay, that mm-hmm. sounds great. And um, That's a good slowly, sign. Yeah, that's a good sign. So after praying the rosary, after our conversations, um, Father Calloway's book arrived. And so I said, now, you don't have to say yes, but would you be willing to do a 33-day of consecration, which is a lot, you know? Yeah. And she said, well... There's a time difference. I will have to wake up earlier, but yes, I'll do it with you. I'm like, okay, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, such a beautiful, you know, um, journey, I would say, with her. I've never read the book. I didn't know how long it could have been, mm-hmm. but we went through every page just immersed in it. She had to wake up early before teaching at school because she's a teacher. And we were able to get through it. By the middle of that consecration, I knew I had to meet this girl. Mm-hmm. We had never met yet. So I booked a, a plane ticket to Seattle um, at the very end of our consecration, May 1st, 2020. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, this is the pandemic. Everything is shut down. Yep. I've never been on a plane during the pandemic. You know, So uh, I just prayed to St. Joseph for the courage to go. Mm-hmm. So I get on the plane May 1st, um, arrive at her doorstep. And I said, you know, I know we're supposed to be six feet apart, but I just wanted to meet you. Mm-hmm. I just want to see you. And she comes out and hugs me. And yeah. I thought, wow, this is real. This is really happening. Thank mm-hmm. you, St. Joseph. And so we sit down in front of her doorstep and we finish the rosary mm-hmm. and the last day of the consecration on May 1st. And I would say that's where my relationship with St. Joseph really blossomed Mm -hmm. because here he is, you know, uh, during the pandemic, the book just comes out Mm -hmm. and I'm giving my whole self to him. I have no idea what's going to happen. And he's interceding for us. Yeah. And in such a miraculous way. And yeah, that's how I met my wife now. Um, But that's uh, just a... a story of the miraculousness of his intercession. That's great. Was all that before you started the collaboration with Father Don? Yes, it was. Okay. Huh. So when you were saying thanks to him, it was thanks for a relationship as well. Oh, yes. There's so much that I don't even think he knows that story. Hmm. But um, I'll be honest, like, if I were to sit down um, in person with Father Don, just I have so much to share with him mm-hmm. and just how much blessing has come to my life through saint joseph through through his mm-hmm. his work you know spreading the, the devotion okay yeah talk to me about that because because consecration of saint joseph was a huge hit but but i think that that there's something to be said for the importance of of bringing art to this like telling it in a different way why is art so important in evangelization and catechesis 
Well, uh, in general, I would say that I even grew up with, you know, the old school picture books of the, the faith. And I would say not, they haven't been phased out, but you just don't see them as often. Like I would see them in, in the dentist mm -hmm. uh, waiting room, you know, <laughs> or at the hospital. And so I would just pick it up, you mm -hmm. know. But um, I would say with the rise of different types of media and animation and the colors, uh, kids just aren't used to the old paintings anymore. Mm -hmm. And so there is a need to bring a more modern look, mm -hmm. I would say, to a lot of the lives of the saints and to the faith, um, more updated versions like yeah, Brother Francis. I love that. I love things like that where there's an animated uh, monk or, or mm -hmm. friar who tells you about their faith. It's amazing. Um, so there's definitely a need for things like that um, and done well. Mm -hmm. You know, the beauty that you're talking about in art, um, that's what we're naturally attracted to. Yeah. And um, there's so much to learn about our faith that it can be. Uh, obscure because you you can't visualize it but when you visualize it that's when it becomes more alive to you we can relate yeah. to it better especially the spiritual things yeah yeah and and the miracle of Pentecost was was the gospel proclaimed in all languages the, the languages of all nations and I guess that then that as as time goes on we have sort of new languages either the actual language itself or the new language of the digital world, the new language of graphic novels, which I'm sure are a throwback to older forms of art, but they're very much kind of a recent phenomenon, right? Uh, can you ask tell me, question again? Yeah, Sorry. tell me about the graphic novel format that you guys oh, chose to put okay. this in. Yes. Um, I honestly don't know where Father uh, got the inspiration. Maybe it was from the Fatima book that I gave him. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like uh, he's always had a very um, uh, a wide view of who he wants to present present his his books to. Mm -hmm. I remember he did reach out to me uh, to promote his Saint Joseph consecration book in a cartoon form, and I remember on Facebook, right, yeah. his Facebook um, promotions. Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, Father is so hip, you know. Um, he wants to present the consecration of St. Joseph to all ages, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I know that it's definitely needed. He definitely saw a need and it's needed. Mm -hmm. um, and so when he reached out to me about the graphic novel, mm -hmm. um, I'm sure he understood. Yeah. Superheroes are so big now. Yeah. You have Marvel comics and DC comics presenting their own movies. Mm -hmm. um, and so imagine taking that that fuel mm -hmm. of our present uh, culture and really highlighting a true and actual hero mm -hmm. who really lived um, and just uh, making into a graphic novel, St. Joseph. Yeah. And uh, just the scenes that he projected and wrote into this book is just amazing to me. Like I would never mm -hmm. have thought about it. There were some times I would actually just sketch out a drawing, send it to him. He'd be like, nope, change the lighting or change this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, Father really has a vision for this. Yeah. He, he really wants to glorify St. Joseph in not only a heroic way, but a, mm -hmm. a relatable way. Yeah. We could relate to him. Okay. And also in a beautiful way, I think. Yeah. Can you talk to me about why beauty is, is 
a further and and indispensable part of evangelization. Oh wow! Um, well, it kind of brings to mind the uh, idea of Hollywood and how things can be overblown and mm-hmm. overemphasized. And um, I don't want to throw anything under the bus, but you know, just like a lot of the exorcism movies, mm-hmm. where it's kind of overplayed, or even the glory of what happens in a saint's life could be overdone. But I feel like beauty, mm-hmm. oh, I'm trying to answer it. Sorry. I don't know if you can yeah, cut no. this out, but I'm still trying to. That makes uh, sense. I think what you're yeah. getting at there is is that sense of proportion, that mm-hmm. that even though God is sort of, is infinitely great, that in order to convey that, often we've got to be restrained in our depiction, that there's mm-hmm. something powerful about subtlety. Um, some of the greatest parts of the Passion of the Christ, for instance, are the very subtle interplay between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that's on every frame of that movie, but you've got mm-hmm. to be attentive in order to see it. Mel right. Gibson didn't hit us over the head with God the Father, you know, some sort of visible artistic thing. There's just Jesus looking up in prayer. And, and sort of in the silence, you get that sense of God the Father. And, and that, that beautiful depictions of our faith are, you know, yeah, it's glory, 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 and, and hallelujah, and hosanna in the highest. But, mm-hmm. but those visions are rare in Scripture. Right. The prophetic breakthroughs are rare and often the most confusing parts of the whole thing. <laughs> no, I definitely, I, I think I, I see where I'm trying to go with it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'll try to answer it again. Um, when I think of beauty, for me, it is, uh, something that I can relate to, mm-hmm. um, maybe a, a relationship with my father or my mother, you know, um, there are difficult times in a family life. Mm-hmm. There are beautiful times and joyful times. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all beautiful to me. And so when I think about beauty and art, mm-hmm. I, I feel like, um, something that I want to not only relate to, but reach toward. Mm -hmm. So heaven, um, the beauty of heaven, the angels, the clouds, uh, happiness, joy. But also when I see the crucifixion, I also see beauty, you know, uh, because of the love that Jesus conveyed. Mm -hmm. Um, And all this, I would say, is very important to be depicted in art because Mm -hmm. uh, both joy and suffering is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I would say that there's a lot of uh, times where, yeah, you have to censor certain portions in order for children to look at and be able to um, to not be uh, scandalized or anything. Mm-hmm. But you also need to convey that Jesus did all this yeah. for love of us and that we need to also pray to him and and imitate him yeah. in the joy and the suffering. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, jo- the beauty in art is so important um, because it helps us visualize what uh, the Bible tells us, uh, the lives of the saints, and helps mm-hmm. us be able to think about it in our minds easier. Okay. So in light of that, in light of that thought about beauty and the beauty of, of not just the joy but also of the sorrow, what guided your artistic depictions of the Holy Family? Oh, I would say... Um, it brings to mind a lot of the, like I said before, my relationship with my my own family. I'm the mm-hmm. oldest of seven kids. <laughs> um, and so 
my dad was actually in the Navy mm-hmm. most of my life. And so we would move around quite a bit. And with moving comes a lot of packing and unpacking, a lot of stress, yeah. a lot of, you know, uh, changing schools. And for my responsibility, I had to watch the, the kids and babysit mm-hmm. many times. So um, I would say uh, before all that, um, I did have a very close relationship with my parents, um, one-on-one. And I remember specifically that uh, my mom would sing to me at night and sing lullabies. And she continued to do that for my other siblings as well. So there are scenes in there uh, in the book where uh, Joseph and Mary are with Jesus, you know, Mm -hmm. as a child. Um, My parents would read to me, you know, before I go to sleep. There's a scene where Joseph and Mary are reading a book, you know, Um, things that I could actually relate to. um, They actually influenced my scenes of the Holy Family. Uh, My dad taught me how to fix a car, you know, Mm -hmm. um, growing up. And there are scenes where St. Joseph is actually teaching Jesus how to do carpentry or how to read a blueprint, you know. So um, a lot of these uh, scenes that you find in the graphic novel are actually from my own life, my own experiences and how I can relate to loving family, loving parents. Um, And there's actually one where uh, Joseph is holding Mary's hand. And I would say that um, I wanted to convey a pure love, you know, a pure relationship. And um, in my own life, after meeting my my wife Annie, um, we actually prepared for our uh, our photo shoot for what is it? Our engagement photo shoot. Yeah. And so there's actually a photo where mm-hmm. I was holding her hand and I was leading her to the chapel. And uh, after seeing that, I said, wow, I really want to portray Joseph and Mary just like that. So I literally traced our picture and kind of put that position into the the comic book of Joseph and Mary. Um, Really just saying that, you know, Mm -hmm. I know that Joseph had a pure love for Mary and I am trying to have a pure love with my wife. (laughs) And so um, I, I just pray that I could be a Joseph to my wife. And Mary and uh, Annie will be a, a Mary to myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think every artist puts something of themselves in their art, sometimes more directly than others. I think Michelangelo painted himself into The Last Judgment. But Oh, right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then I guess in the, in a way this is kind of making transparent um, the the relationship of the Holy Family to us then through art. If if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, um, but but that the graphic novel is is another way of approaching kind of what Father has said with consecration to Saint Joseph. What would you say this graphic novel format does that that the the simply text version of the of the book doesn't? Hmm. Excuse me, real quick. <clears throat> All right. So, I would say the. Consecration of St. Joseph has so many stories. And I wish we could do a graphic novel on all the stories, mm-hmm. but we just, it was a short time. And it takes a lot, you know, just to do a scene. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, Father Calloway uh, pulled the most essential to mm-hmm. tell the story of not only St. Joseph, but the Holy Family in general. Yeah. Um, and so he pulled a lot of the stories uh, that he wanted to be visualized. Mm hmm. Um, 
but of course i'm sure like later down on down the road we could do something where the whole uh consecration of saint joseph is in a graphic novel you know i'm sure that would be a dream but uh essentially he pulled the ones that uh one would need in order to be able to visually uh relate to saint joseph Mm -hmm. and therefore consecrate themselves to him Hmm. it'd be a big book yeah yeah i would (laughs) who would you say is the audience for this graphic novel so i've been asked that about a lot of my work Mm -hmm. and you know i've done our lady of fatima the graphic novel and our lady of guadalupe the graphic novel and there are different themes Mm -hmm. like if you think about the message of fatima yes she appeared to three shepherd children but it's about the end of the world and repent and or you're going to go to hell type thing so any age honestly Mm -hmm. and when you read saint joseph i would say this is the same um the young young children toddlers Mm -hmm. who want to visualize saint joseph as a loving father wants to visualize heaven Mm -hmm. and the glory of heaven um how to be a saint yeah this is for the young as well as young adults uh yep. those who want to be good and pure spouses mm-hmm. you know this is definitely for husbands and yeah. even wives and i would say grandparents mm-hmm. um those who want to uh really just continue the life of virtue so all ages i would say okay all right yeah it is it is it's called the chaste heart of saint joseph and that's giving a different sort of emphasis than perhaps our lady's immaculate heart or our lord's sacred heart that there is in a unique sense the the chastity of saint joseph is kind of at his core mm. um and that's an interesting counter witness to the modern age i think um so this is this is certainly a, a topical a topical approach um, but also, I think you you bring out the interesting point that all ages are going to have kind of different ways of approaching St. Joseph, um, different relationships, different models. I mean, you as a married man, I'm sure, approach him differently than you did as a single man. Definitely. Now, I'm not yet um, a father, and so mm-hmm. I, I would say I can't really relate to St. Joseph as a father, but when it came to wanting to be a good spouse, mm-hmm. a good provider, you know, um, to treat my my wife with respect, as uh, Saint Joseph did, I could definitely relate to him that way, and mm-hmm. I pray to him every day to be able to be a Saint Joseph to my wife. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how how important is that that people are open to kind of coming at Saint Joseph as they are and as he is, um, fathers to him as a as a fellow father, those of us who aren't married to him as sons and daughters. Uh, can you rephrase that? Like, how is it? What do you mean? Well, I mean, I think a lot of people would think of of uh, a saint as kind of this flat reality. You know, there's mm. one story to be told. There's one way to approach them, and they have one set of things that they're patron of. Whereas Saint Joseph is patron of the Universal Church and father to all of us in a special way because he was foster father to Jesus. And I and I uh, talk to me about kind of how that that affects how everybody can approach St. Joseph. Oh yeah. St. Joseph, he's the man. He, uh, he's helped me, Mm -hmm. um, when I was a religious, he's helped me, um, 
as a single person to mm -hmm. strive to remain pure. He's helped me as a, a husband. Um, I can only speak on my own experience that, um, you know, one thing that comes to mind is his, his trust in the Lord, mm -hmm. right? And we live in a culture where um, there's a lot of stress because of the financial state of our nation, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, we want to get our ducks in a row or we mm -hmm. need had, have investments that we want to secure um, in order to get the house or the car, you know. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of stress and therefore there's a lot of self-help uh, needs and remedies. Mm -hmm. And I would say that St. Joseph didn't have any of that. He had no I'm sure he's stressed out every now and then, but mm -hmm. he was trusting in the divine will and plan of God. Um, we had this devotion of the sleeping St. Joseph mm -hmm. because um, he he trusted so much that he was able to put everything in the hands of the Father. Mm -hmm. you know, And in that trust, he was able to find the revelation and be spoken to by the Lord. So... Mm -hmm. um, I think this is a huge topic for us to really grasp and, and get a hold of when it comes to uh, trusting in God. I know that myself, um, I had no idea I would be flying to Washington, uh, becoming youth minister, mm -hmm. um, doing graphic design full time. You know, I had no idea. That was yeah. not in the books, you know. Yeah. Um, but because I trusted and tried to imitate St. Joseph in that sense, I feel like Man, he taught me so much. Mm -hmm. um, so there is definitely a need to imitate St. Joseph in that sense. Yeah. To trust in the divine plan of God. As you were working on this, did you share any of it with your family or close friends, anything like that? And what was their reaction? Oh, man. Uh, I feel like um, my siblings, or especially my mom, mm -hmm. are my uh, biggest critics. <laughs> <laughs> and I was almost scared to show them. But uh, I feel like they they love it. Um, it's not uh, widely available at the moment, mm -hmm. but I feel like when at the time of recording, break, yeah. Okay, sure. Um, once they get it and um, are able to really go through the whole whole story, I feel like they would be able to give more feedback. Yeah. But uh, initially, when I told them about the idea, they were stoked. Mm -hmm. They were absolutely loved it, and it's very unique. If you think about it, um, first off, there's no book on the consecrated St. Joseph, so that's mm -hmm. new. And then to have a graphic novel about him, mm -hmm. one of the biggest saints, if not the biggest saint mm -hmm. ever. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, a beautiful thing and definitely timely for uh, our state. Yeah. Uh, definitely timely for our state in life mm -hmm. and our present culture. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned youth ministry. How have you been able to bring kind of your art and St. Joseph to the, to the youth you work with? Oh, wow. Um, I remember when I first started, it was 2020. Mm -hmm. And that's when everything shut down. So I was actually teaching remotely. <laughs> and that was a whole thing because everyone had to learn how to teach remotely. But I, in many ways, used my art and my visual mind um, in my teaching. Mm -hmm. I would I would actually have very animated slideshows yeah. of uh, my my lessons and even sometimes put a sketch here and there about the saints. Mm -hmm. um, and I was able to really, I would say it was pretty successful. We had 
I remember my first year, we had a hundred kids go through um, confirmation. Mm-hmm. And that was unheard of in our whole diocese. <laughs> and I wouldn't say it was me. Uh, I was really blessed, but I, I feel like, um, yeah, definitely. I think art and um, just the visual aspect of our faith, like mm-hmm. we talked about before, it's so important yeah. to really be able to visualize your faith, especially in a pandemic um, when mm-hmm. you're teaching remotely. But eventually when I did start teaching in person, mm-hmm. um, I remember giving away a lot of my books, the Our Lady of Fatima graphic novel, and a lot of the kids were like, wow, this is the first time I've actually known about Our Lady of Fatima. I'm like, mm-hmm. thank God. That's that's yeah. the goal, you know? Yeah. We yeah. want to uh, not only convey that Our Lady t- taught to these three shepherd children, but such a hardcore teaching mm-hmm. of, you know, repent and sh- strive not to sin and go to the sacraments, yeah. you know? And so I feel like... Um, yeah, that, it was a great vehicle for me to use my graphic design talent mm-hmm. in order to evangelize. Okay. Yeah, and you're in one of the most secular states in the nation, I believe, in Washington yes. State. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. How have you been seeing the new evangelization progressing or not progressing out there? Well, um, I would only say that uh, there are amazing pockets of tradition Mm -hmm. and i would say that um even in some liberal churches i would go to uh i still see faithfulness Mm -hmm. and um i I really don't know how to answer that (laughs) honestly but uh i i feel like yeah the the friends i i meet and are able to converse with um, we find a common ground where we could talk about, I think they know that I'm conservative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I have a conservative mind. I honestly don't know how to answer that. It's, okay. I don't know if it, it really is progressing the way it could, mm-hmm. you know, it's still very liberal. So, yeah, I mean, I think know. the reason the bishops are calling the Eucharistic revival right now is that a lot of things haven't been going quite the way they should. And right. so this is the big push to help restore faith in the Eucharist. But I'm certain that St. Joseph's intercession is going to be a vital part of turning things around. Like you Definitely. had said earlier, terror of demons. And he's also the universal patient of the church. And so where we need Our Lady to triumph, we can also turn to her spouse. Definitely. Yeah, I, I want to be hopeful. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing my best, you know, yep. from where I'm at. But I do see some opposition. Yeah. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I think we all have in, in well, for a number of years at this point, um, yeah. I think it's really important that people recall that in the 1800s, Our Lady was appearing to people and saying, it's worse than it's ever been. Oh, so yeah. it's not as though everything was fine 100 years ago or everything was fine 200 years ago. You'd have to go back to the garden, I think, to really find a time when things were fine. Right. So encouragement and hope because we've had exactly. great saints. Yes. Yeah, besides, we definitely need to imitate them. Besides St. Joseph, who's your favorite saint? Oh, I mean, there's so many new ones like Carlo Cutis and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, is it Fasadi? 
Yeah, um, pure Giorgio Fassati. Pure, pure Giorgio Fassati. Um, but I feel like I can relate uh, to uh, just the life of St. John Paul II. Hmm. I mean, one thing that really stuck out to me is that he suffered so much, mm-hmm. and yet he was able to push past all that difficulty yep. and still preached and still put on his his collar and his his chasuble yep. to celebrate mass and did everything to the fullest mm-hmm. and everyone saw it yeah and it was just beautiful mm-hmm. you know uh, i want to be like that <laughs> yeah. i want to be the guy who uh who serves the lord to the very end you know i'm not a priest but even as a uh, a husband yeah good aspirations I think, <laughs> I think it sounds like there's a whole bunch of other graphic novels in your future well i'm praying yes um i do have a couple projects but you know i, I i'm only sticking to catholic things and i mm-hmm. i feel like the lord has really brought to me uh things where i can evangelize and i i love it i i find my my passion is you know, evangelizing through my art. And I hope more to come in the future. Yes. Yeah. That's great. I've been talking to Sam Estrada, illustrator of The Chaste Heart of St. Joseph, a graphic novel. Sam, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Chris. It was a pleasure. To order The Chaste Heart of St. Joseph, a graphic novel, written by Father Donald Calloway and illustrated by Sam Estrada, please visit shopmercy.org. This has been Sparks of Mercy. Thanks for listening. Pray for me, I'll pray for you. Jesus, I trust in you. I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you.